If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. So Monday, I have this kind of normal routine that I do on Mondays. Get up early and... After Devo's, I, I start looking at just the next place that we're going to be in our study for the following Sunday and that Wednesday night. And, and usually I spend the better part of the day on Monday and, and just studying and just kind of letting everything sort of percolate in my heart and... Um, and that's what I was doing, that's what I usually do. And, and then I decided to, I was going to go get some lunch. And it was kind of a late lunch. It was late in the afternoon. And, and um, so I'm at this, you know, restaurant. I'm having a taco and, and uh, just kind of going over my notes some more. And, and a little piece of cabbage, like, got stuck in the wrong pipe. And I just started, like, coughing profusely, you know. And I'm coughing, and I'm and I'm and I'm like having a hard time breathing, and and I'm looking around, and I'm and like there's only like two old guys in the whole restaurant, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know, great, one of these guys is going to be giving me mouth to mouth in a couple minutes, you know, and and uh, and it was just crazy. I was just you know just coughing and coughing and coughing, and then finally it it literally popped out, and uh, I was like, oh, you know, and. And just kind of went about, had my lunch. And then after that, I just really felt impressed by the Lord to um, take a prayer walk. And so I cruised down to the beach and there at the boardwalk there at Carlsbad and just just started walking and just praying. And walking down by the beach this time of the year is awesome because there's nobody there. You know, there's just nobody on the beach and and um, and so it's just just me and Jesus, you know. And I'm just walking and walking, and and then I got down, you know, to the, where the channel is, and and um, and I just felt like the Lord just was impressing upon my heart to go sit on the jetty. So I walked out to the end of the jetty there, and 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 I'm sitting there, and. Uh, and as I'm sitting and I'm watching the waves and, you know, sets are rolling in and, and that verse from Psalm 29 came to my mind where it says that his voice thunders on the waters. Now, those of you who have been around here a long time, you, you, you know that what I'm about to say here in a minute, I, I don't say things like this very often because... For one, I learned a long time ago in my walk with the Lord that, you know, Paul says we walk by faith and not by sight, or I think we could also put in there our feelings. And so, you know, I learned a long time ago that my walk with the Lord could not be based on on feelings. It had to be based on you know, on, on the word and, and, and faith and, and so, you know, um and I can honestly say that you know, I, I, I rarely have experiences like what I'm going to share here in just a minute. So I'm, I'm there and I, I 
thinking about that verse, his verse thunders on the waters. And I'm thinking about that. And I said, Lord, what's your voice saying? Now, prior to this, I, I had been just in my heart that day, and I don't know why, I just do this sometimes, I'm weird, and, but, but I'm just like wrestling with, you know, man, am I really doing enough, and am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and, you know, should I be doing more, and, and you know, sometimes I like start comparing myself with, you know, other people and, you know, friends that I have and, you know, that are pastors and whatnot, so I, I was just kind of going through these whole gen- mental gymnastics that day. And so I'm sitting there on the jetty. Waves are crashing. It's thundering, you know. And that verse comes to my mind, you know. His voice thunders on the waters. And I'm like, Lord, what, what are you saying? And he literally, it wasn't audible, but he literally like just spoke to my heart and just said, I love you. And I just started bawling. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And those of you who know me, I mean, I don't do that very often. You know, I mean, I, I probably cried three times, you know, in, in 21 years here at church. And, and um, but I just, I just was bawling. I just couldn't stop. And I was just overwhelmed by the love of God. And God just speaking to my heart and just whispering to me, you know, you're right where I want you. You're doing exactly what I want you to do. And I love you. And I, and I got to tell you, I mean, it was just, it was crazy. I mean, I'm literally sitting out. And then I start like looking like, and it was really crazy too because there at the channel, you know, there's the, the, south jetty and then the north jetty and i'm the only one on the north jetty or the south jetty and i look over and there's like all these people on the north one and i'm like god you just gave me this moment with you you know and it was just so precious of him just just ministering to my heart and it just went it just kind of went on and on and i just was really um it was just neat. You know, God just kind of met me that day, and he does that. And, and, and for tonight, the Lord just pressed on my heart for us to consider for a few minutes. And, and I actually want to share a little bit more on Sunday about that story because the Lord kind of ministered a couple other things to me that I kind of want to share with everybody. But um, here in Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, Paul here is talking about it's kind of this climax point in the book of Romans. Our justification. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now those of you, you guys know when he says, therefore you've been justified by faith, the word justified speaks of a legal decree. If you go back in Romans to chapter one, there in verses 18 through 30, Paul really lays out how guilty we are. 
lays out how God's word has found us guilty. And we're guilty in the eyes of God's glory. And even our own conscience plagues us with guilt because of our sin. But then Paul explained how because of what Jesus did, the righteousness of God is given to all of us, all who believe. And the word righteous or justified, excuse me, means declared righteous, Like it's just as if you never sinned. It's God looks at you tonight. He looks at me tonight and he sees us this evening. It's such an awesome thing. He sees us in Jesus. If you're a believer here tonight, he sees you in the Lord and he sees you just covered in the righteousness of Christ. That's what he means, that you're justified. And and because of that, Paul lists here the results. Because of that, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ means that you and God tonight are on great terms. He's at peace with you. You can be at peace with him. And also, he, he says, the, the second result is through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We have access, he says, into this great grace. Grace speaks of a, a standing favor with God. Isn't that awesome to think about? This grace in which we stand, that we, we come in tonight and you can know because you've been justified because of what Jesus did, that you have this standing favor with God. And what's awesome about that is that means I don't have to prove that I'm worthy of God's love. You know, a lot of us, we, we kind of grew up that way. We grew up or we were in relationships. We always just felt like we had to, you know, prove, you know, that, that you know, that we deserve love from our parents or we deserve love from, from someone else. No, as we're standing, as we're brought into this, the access to the grace of God, it means that, that, that we don't have to prove that I'm worthy of God's love. It means that you and I, we're God's friends, that the door of access is permanently open to him, that I'm free, that you are free from the score sheet. You know what I mean by the score sheet? It's like where we have that tendency, you know, where we're we're trying to figure out like, okay, did I do good this week? Did I do good today? You know, did I do what I was supposed to today? And we have this tendency in our mind and our heart to keep score. And we think that God is keeping score when he's not because the account has been settled in Jesus. And that means that I can spend more time praising God and less time getting down on myself. Because I think we all have that tendency to do that. I know, you know, some of us more than others. I know some of you just think you're awesome all the time. But most of us, you know, we, we have that tendency to be like, man, I'm such an idiot, you know. Such a, such a blow it. And the third result is that we can rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And the word rejoice is a word that normally is translated boast. And this is something I think God wants us to do here tonight is to boast in what he has done for us. That word means a triumphant, confident rejoicing. A a triumphant, confident rejoicing. You know, that's what you do when you know that you are welcome. That's what you do when you know that you are loved. That's what you do when you know that the the price has been paid, that God looks at you and he sees you with that kind of heart. 
But then Paul says something that might confuse us if we're considering that we're justified and we're standing in this grace that God is for us, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to go through difficult times. Life is hard, but God is good. You know, a few weeks ago, I was in my backyard mowing the grass. And as I was coming over toward the edge of our swimming pool, these two baby lizards jump out of the grass. I mean, they just got freaked out by the lawnmower. They jumped out of the the grass and literally into the swimming pool. And, And they're like as little as my finger. And right where they jumped, there was a little step. And, and I thought, wow, you know, I didn't know lizards can swim. And, uh, and so I didn't think you know, much about it until you know, a few minutes later, I looked down and one of them had sunk. He was gone. The other one had somehow made his way to the, the side wall of the swimming pool and was hanging on there for dear life. So being the good-natured person that I was, that I am, I grabbed him and I took him off of that and I set him on the cement so he could run away. And I am not kidding you. No sooner did I put him down and take one step back to the, to the lawnmower, a bird swooped out of the air <laughs> and grabbed that little thing for dinner. I am not kidding. It was crazy. I was like, wow, the circle of life just happened in my backyard, you know? It was nuts. Now, I'm sure, you know, that your day wasn't that bad. (laughs) But maybe you feel like, you know, man, I'm just getting rattled all the time. I feel like people want to eat me, you know. Well, listen, Paul says in verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Paul says, because we've been justified, because we have this this standing favor with God, we can glory in tribulation because we know, he says. What do we know? Three things. We know the first effect there in verse 3 that tribulation brings about perseverance. That threats to our faith give occasion for our faith to press on through hard times. It strengthens us. In verse 4, effect number 2, because perseverance brings about proven character. When your faith presses on through hard times, it proves that it's genuine and real. You see, tribulations prove faith the way fire tempers steel. It makes it stronger and that it's not lead that melts. It shows the stability of our faith. And the effect number four is that proven character brings about hope. And the word hope, we've talked about this before, in the Bible is not a wish. It's not like some of you, you know, Pete just told me he was something he's hoping that he's getting for Christmas. And, uh, but that's a wish. He's like, man, I hope I get this. I think he was giving me a hint is what he was really doing, you know. 
But when the Bible talks about hope, it's talking about an absolute expectation of coming good. In other words, it's some, you can count on this. You can bank on this. You can set your life upon this. And so the tribulation brings about a strength, gives us this absolute expectation of that we're going to get stronger here and we're going to be rewarded there. But then Paul tells us one more thing so that we can have a confidence in that hope. And it's verse 5. And this is what I really kind of want us to, to land the plane on here tonight. He says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Listen to me, friends. The love of God is constantly being poured out by the Holy Spirit in your heart. In other words, the Holy Spirit is constantly reminding you and me of how much God loves us, of how much that he's for us. Now, he does that through his word, but he also does that in times like he did with me on Monday. Now, I said before, those times in my life are few and far between, between when he meets me in, in that demonstrative of a way where like, I just couldn't move and all I could do was cry. But that's our God. And the Holy Spirit is just seeking to constantly just be reminding our hearts and speaking to our hearts that God the Father, he loves you. He's for you. He, he desires you. He invites you to come into his presence over and over and over again. And he constantly is doing that in his word. And I want to close tonight by just m mentioning four scriptures that I want us just to think about tonight. And I think God really, really wants some of you to grab a hold of this tonight. In Psalm 86, verse 15, we're told, but you, O Lord, are a great and merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Slow to anger. Some of you today have been duped by the enemy to think that God is mad at you and nothing could be further from the truth. He is merciful and gracious, abounding, overflowing in steadfast love, immovable love and faithfulness. So the psalmist then also says in Psalm 136, verse 26, give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. It endures forever. And I love this one, Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is in your midst. He's here tonight, friends. Two or more gathered together in my name, he says, I am there in the midst. He is here tonight. The, the, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save, and he will rejoice over you with gladness, and he will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you or glory over you with loud singing. Isn't that amazing to think? That God is just rejoicing over you tonight. I think it's Psalm 62, 
5 that says, As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so does your God rejoice over you. And I don't know about all you guys here, but I remember, man, the day I got married, except at Calvary Costa Mason, like, you know, most grooms, I'm standing there in front of the first pew waiting for Denise to walk down the aisle. Seemed like it took forever. I don't know why they tell them to walk so slow. But I tell you what, my heart was just bounding. Like, man, I was just rejoicing inside. I was like, man, I can't believe she's marrying me. That's God. That's his heart for you tonight. He's the bridegroom. We're the bride. And he just looks at you. He's like, man, I am so stoked that you belong to me. I am so excited that we get to spend eternity together. I'm so excited that, that you're in my family, that you're my son, that you're my daughter. That, that, that's his heart. And then here's the biggest reminder, and we'll close with this tonight, Romans 5, 8, that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, it always brings us back to the cross. And the cross is that constant reminder to us Tonight, we have the communion elements in the back, and as we begin to worship, you can make your way back and, and partake. But, but any time that we consider, any time that we think about what, what Jesus did in, in dying on that cross for us, it's a reminder of his love. You know, you've heard it said, but it's really a great statement that it wasn't nails that held Jesus to the cross, it was love for you and me. That's why he stayed up there those six hours. That's why he endured all the pain, all the shame, all the punishment, took all the wrath of God upon himself when at any moment he could have come down. Could have called down a legion. But he said, you know what? I love you and I know that in order for you to be justified and declared righteous, this is radically necessary. So I'm gonna stay here because I love you. And the Lord wants us to rejoice in that tonight. To rejoice that he is singing over you this evening. And some of you, I, I don't know if you're gonna have a moment like I did down at the beach on Monday, but, but I know right now with everything that is in my heart that God is, is speaking to you right now in the same way that he spoke to me. And he's saying, I love you. And I am for you, and I am with you, and you need to grab a hold of that, rest in that, and really let that sink into your heart. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your amazing love. And Lord, I just pray tonight, as we just begin now to lift up our voices, our hearts, our hands, as we partake of communion, as we just reflect upon and rest in, rejoice in, just with confident rejoicing that your word tells us and your spirit solidifies it in our hearts that you love us so much, that you're not keeping score. And so tonight I pray that you would pour your love out upon this place in a fresh way. That you would meet each one of us tonight.
And we just give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen.